0: Welcome to the Adventures in Online Business Podcast, a podcast of two guys thinking out loud while building and scaling their online businesses. Now, if you enjoy the podcast, we'd ask that you go to your favorite podcast app or player and rate, review, and subscribe. Now, without further ado, here are those two guys building and scaling their online businesses Stephen Faust and Michael Tanner.
1: Michael, my friend, how are you doing this week? Man, Stephen, I am doing good here in Atlanta. What does the uh, what's the weather look like there in in Phoenix right now? What do you 64 think? Degrees. Sixty-four degrees. Let me see. You know, it's been
0: it's been cold at night. We've experienced low to mid thirties at night, and uh, highs in the sixties. I can see some low seventies coming up. But if you if you look, and people can't see at this, but I'm showing on my screen. All oh, of the, the
1: temperatures
0: look at that sunny every day, yeah, sunny 70s. every day, oh, high goodness. in the 60s, nice. low in the low to mid 30s. Uh, it, it's just absolutely gorgeous, absolutely nice. a beautiful time of the year. And yeah, I, but those kind of temperatures, you're gonna have to get your heavy coat out. Look at me, I, people can't see this either. I'm sitting right. in my house, oh, sitting
1: in your house with your sweater
0: on, wearing like a that. jacket because. I, you know, I, I looked at the the thermostat. It said seventy two. I was like, man, it just feels chilly in here to me. So yeah. I, uh, I put a jacket on. I had, a, I, you know, I had a robe on before we got on camera uh, here, and I said, I can't you have so that much
1: for changing that. Yeah, I thank you my, for
0: that. I just put my, I just put my robe on over my my shirt and my sweatpants. I said, this is warm. I said, I can't go on camera with a robe yeah, on.
1: It, please, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> you're that. welcome. So, you know, working from home thing, it's <laughs> nice and all, but I don't want to be on camera with you. In our pajamas.
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> I hear you. What about you? How's it going for you in
1: Atlanta? Man, it's good here. It's been pretty chilly here as well. This week, uh, we've been uh, our lows have been in the 20s a few times. Um, yesterday, uh, I w- I spent a lot of time outside yesterday, and I don't believe it got out of the 30s yesterday. So we've been pretty chilly around here in Atlanta as well. Now it's been sunny. It's been nice, but it's been cold. You yeah, my, my
0: daughter texted me this morning. She lives in Austin, Texas, and. One thing I don't associate with Austin, Texas is frigidly cold weather, but you'd be surprised how cold it gets in Austin, Texas. They had snow. I mean, she was absolutely they had snow. And she texted me pictures of them in the backyard with big snowballs. And I lived in Texas for. Uh, quite a number of years in the military and then and I lived in Dallas for a year. And it, it does snow there. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen. And when it happens, you don't know what to do because it's so unusual.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I bet in Austin, like like here in Atlanta, a little bit of snow will completely shut, us, right, down. Right. Have completely have shut us down. That's right,
0: because you just exactly. don't have the equipment to deal. You just don't have the equipment. The state
1: doesn't have the equipment to clear it off. Yeah. And, and we don't know how to drive in it. And And, and honestly, here in Atlanta... I've driven in snow a lot. Um, I used to have to go up north a, a lot, and so I've driven in snow a lot, and, and know probably more than most around here anyway how to do it. But here in Atlanta, when it does snow, it's always a very wet and slick snow. Uh, just because our temperatures when it does snow, it's they're usually right about that freezing point. And the problem we have is, you know, pure snow you can drive on. But when you have snow that then melts the water and then refreezes again, you know, as the you know, oh, yeah. evening comes along, well, now it's ice. And there's yes. no driving on ice.
0: Black ice, all that stuff. Oh, it's horrible. Exactly. It is yes. horrible. Yeah. And it's so I've been on that where I've – you, you try to steer and you try to break, and you, then you start skidding. You have you have this helpless feeling of no control. You just are you're exactly right. It you, is a
1: very helpless.
0: You're feeling. just in it for the ride. It's it's just wherever <laughs> it ends, it ends.
1: Whatever mailbox. That's whatever right. Three. Whatever vehicle is in front of you. That's true. It's
0: going to hit it. Well, good. We're we're here in early January, and um, this episode comes out on the 11th of January. So yeah, having a great. Great new year so far. What do you think is a good topic for us this week, given the new year?
1: So I thought it'd be great for you and I to talk about, especially since we just happen to be uh, leading into revenue-generating businesses using the same financial model. Uh, In both of our businesses, we're using the profit-first financial model and I just thought it'd be good for our audience, for us to explain what that is, explain why we're doing that, and just some of the the practical application of it, right? How to, how to set it in motion in, in their own business, because I think it is the most wise financial model to, to utilize from the very beginning. I think it's also important that if at all possible, you do it from the very beginning of your business as well. So I thought we'd go through the profit first model. What do you think?
0: I think that's great. I know you and I have recently, I think you much, much earlier than me, but just recently I've implemented Profit First as well. So I think to start out for Profit First, you know, people say, well, I don't even know what that means. Well, number one, it's a book, right? It's a book. Yes. And and a gentleman, Mike McCallowitz, wrote this book. And I can't even tell you when it was. I think it was 2014 uh, I could be wrong there. Yeah, but. it's
1: been out for quite a quite a while, and it's a big seller. Oh, it's yes. a really popular book, and it's a really good book.
0: And if you th- very and if, detailed. And if you think about what profit first is an equivalent to, at least the way I I look at it, if if you've followed Dave Ramsey and the envelope system, profit first to me, it feels and looks like the business equivalent of a personal finance envelope system that Dave Ramsey talks about and is popular yep. for.
1: Yep. Yeah, it, I agree. It, it feels a lot like that. I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of both profit first, Mike McCallowitz, as well as Dave Ramsey and the the baby steps and the, in the envelope system that he uh, utilizes. And to your point, it, it's doing essentially the same thing. I think Dave Ramsey uses some, um, some phrase like give every dollar a name or "or give it a purpose, right? And, right? and what he's talking about there in his budgeting style is you're intentionally allocating your money out to the, your bills or your to your debt or to, to your savings or, or whatever it is. You know, his, his, his purpose there is for you to be intentional about that. And the profit first model, it's doing the exact same thing. It's creating for you this intentionality around... Divvying out your revenue as revenue comes in, spread it out into these uh these accounts or these envelopes, if you want to use the the Ramsey uh terminology, spreading it out into these accounts and then operating from that. And you know, what it prevents is it prevents, I think, a um an error that a lot of business you know, entrepreneurs, early business people make, and that is just um. The revenue that comes in, what ends up happening is you you end up operating off of all of that revenue, and you don't do things like set aside taxes. You don't do things like pay yourself. Uh, you don't do things like set up uh, you know profit or or any kind of giving you know charitable or, or or giving accounts. You you don't set all that up, and so what happens is you end up pouring all of your revenue back into operating, and Parkinson's law then applies to money the same as it applies to project management and time, right? Parkinson's law says it'll take however much time you allocate to do something. The same applies to your money, right? If if you've got a thousand dollars to operate with, you're probably going to spend that thousand dollars to operate. And before you know it, you haven't paid yourself. You've got no profit, uh, you know, in that. And so, That's what the profit first model does is it it forces you to be intentional about let's plan these things ahead of time and then operate with what I have left over.
0: Yeah. And to me, I've been a big Dave Ramsey proponent for a long time. I've been to two of his total money makeover events live. I've went to Entree Leadership uh, an event, and and when I lived in Dallas, so I, I'm a big follower and proponent of his philosophy of his way. And and you're right, it's give every dollar a name. And you know what else you give a name to? Your car. You got to yes. give a name to your car. His was Betsy or whatever it was. I don't remember Or Betty or, or something. Right. But where I where I struggled with with Dave Ramsey's program was not in the fundamentals or the philosophy of it. I thought that was awesome. Where I struggled with it was my my willingness to actually turn uh, bank accounts and paychecks into cash and actually stuff envelopes literally and have those, that just doesn't fit my lifestyle, right? I didn't. Now, could I have done it? Would it have improved things for me? Absolutely. But it's about the discipline of doing that and the willingness to do that. And that's where I departed a bit from his teaching was I just wasn't willing to make that decision. And I'm sure it impacted me negatively in some way, but that was just me. But where I think profit first feels so much more natural to me is the fact that it is basically those fundamentals in a way that you can manage electronically through your bank accounts. Now I'm on board. Now I can, cause I'm a tech guy. I'm a geek. I'm a, I'm a, you're a nerd. I'm a geek. It, to keep our our phrases correct here, but I can operate now when we're talking about electronic transfers and 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 different accounts and things and not literally envelopes. That's where I I struggled. So to me, this is a much better implementable strategy for entrepreneurs. Uh, at least in, in my case. And one thing we know about entrepreneurs, and if you read the book Mike McCallowitz uh, puts out here on Profit First, and I think we can link to that uh, in the show notes as well as uh, the YouTube video and a couple of things we can certainly link to to point people that may want inf- more information on that, is we know, at least I know personally, and I know just from a statistical standpoint, that entrepreneurs typically don't turn a profit And what they have is a very glorified hobby where they put money in. And in my case, I have a day job. I make a decent living. I end up funding my business with my personal income that's not associated with my entrepreneurial pursuit. And I end up really not understanding or having clarity on is the business that I'm running, in my case, a couple of websites, uh, a digital product, a course, Are is the income associated with those sales, those, those uh, activities, is it really sustaining the business? Can it stand on its own two legs and not use constant injections of cash that I'm lucky. And I know you're fortunate as well to be able to do that if times get tough, but that's not the way we want to run a business. And I think so many entrepreneurs out there, and I'm not, you know, excluded from that group at all, you know, lose sight of the business being able to stand on its own two feet. Is it making money? Are you taking any money out of the business? And most entrepreneurs out there that are starting, and maybe those that are in this first year or two, they don't pay themselves. They, they work, 10, 12 hours a day, they work seven days a week, they never take a penny out of their business, they, to your point, use every dollar that has been brought into the business, what comes in immediately goes out to either fund the necessities or maybe a lot of the things that you don't really need when you you take a look at what the business really needs to operate. Do you really need deadline funnel? Do you really need... Uh, those seven tools that you've used once, and that's another big thing that Mike McCallowitz talks through is how to really understand what your business needs and find that savings within your business. So that's the way I approach this, and that's why I think this is such a valuable thing, not only because you can program a salary, even if it's a dollar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, we used to talk about if, you know, 20, 30 episodes ago, 50 episodes ago. We just want to make a dollar, right? Right, right? But if the dollar comes in and the dollar goes out, you haven't made a dollar. What you've done is you've passed a dollar through an account to buy something you may or may not need. So it's really about how do you make sure you can structure your business to have a, have a reward, as I think Mike calls it, a reward for the risk you are taking in having this pursuit in this business. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, ultimately what it does is it forces you to operate your business as efficiently as possible, right? So, yeah, you could uh, spend 100% of your revenue in operating the business, but that's not a healthy business. If if that's what you're doing, spending 100% of your revenue in operating the business, it's not a healthy business. And so in order to force yourself to operate more efficiently, then take some profit percentage away from that revenue and then operate with what's left over. That's what, you know, this, this, um, this profit first model is making you do It's forcing you to operate it as efficiently as possible. And so what you do, I mean, here, here's what it looks like on a, on a twice a month basis. You take all of the income that you have for that, for that two week period. And you, Based on percentages, you divvy it out to these other accounts. So within the profit first model, you're going to have multiple accounts. I should have opened mine up so that I could have them counted, but I believe I have five accounts. So I have an income account. That's where all the revenue comes into that account account to start with, right? So whatever I sell online, whatever workshop somebody purchases a course, whatever, it's going to go into that income account. And then I have percentages then that I distribute for these other purposes. I distribute 25% into a tax account, right? So I have a second account, and then I look at that income account, and 25% of that amount, I put it into my tax account. And then I have a profit account. And currently, I'm putting 10% into that profit account. Now, I I can adjust those percentages if I need to. If if the numbers suggest I need to adjust these numbers, I, I can, I will. But I put 10% into that profit account. And then I have a, a owner's compensation account. That's paying me, basically. And again, I put 10% into that. I have a giving account. So that this is just, we've talked about this on the podcast before. I want our business to be one that's giving back to the community. And, and that's where I give to Mission 22 is out of that, that 10% account. And then finally, so I, I have six accounts. Finally, I have the operating expenses account, right? So twice a month, what what I do is I draw that that income account down to zero. So on the 10th and twenty fifth of every month, I draw that income account, whatever amount is in there, down to zero by by distributing it into those other accounts according to that those percentages. And so if you follow those percentages, what that means is I have to operate my business, off of 45% of my revenue, right? So after I've distributed to those other accounts, I'm left with 45% and that's what I have to operate my business with. I have to be efficient with operating my business so that I can operate within 45% of my revenue. Now, worse came to worse. If I recognized uh, for some reason, I can't operate on 45% well then I can go and adjust those percentages if I need to. Taxes I probably won't adjust until I recognize I don't need that much, but I could adjust profit and I could adjust owner's uh, compensation. I could adjust those percentages to ensure that it gives me enough to uh to operate on, but I'm going to do everything I can initially to stick to those numbers and maybe even improve them so that I can put more numbers in, you know, in those other ca- uh, other accounts. So that's that's how I have it set up currently, and that's the the basics of the the profit first model.
0: Yeah, and that, that's a great, great summary of that, and you're right. Uh, it, it, it's It's interesting this you know Mike talks about the accounting process. Being kind of the weird, odd thing that you kind of look at the end of the year. You look at your P and L. You talk to your accountant, and and you kind of cross your fingers and you, and you go, "Hey, did I make a profit?" And your right. your accounting person might say, "Hey, you made five thousand dollars of profit." A
1: surprise to you? Yeah. And,
0: yeah. and and then you go, "Okay, where's the cash? Where's it at? You don't have any yeah. cash, right? You you've made a profit, right? You." feel like, okay, I made, at least I didn't lose money this year in my small business. I made a profit, but then you look in your bank account and there's no money in it. You haven't taken a salary or a penny. You haven't, you haven't uh, set any money aside. You, in many cases, haven't set money aside for taxes. And I haven't set money aside for taxes up until now. And I, I, just because I, my personal income and all, I didn't really have a, a big pressing reason to do it. Uh, you're not setting all of these things aside, but yet you've made a profit and have nothing to show for it except for what's written on a piece of paper, right. and that's not that's not getting the reward for the risk that you've put in for this business. So it's very important, you know. I think if you know, if you read the Bible, it's like these first fruits, right. this first fruits. So I have six accounts also. I have the income account. And this income account is, as you mentioned, all of your streams of revenue, anything you sell in your business goes into this income account. And it goes in, you know, direct deposit automatically. That's how mine's set up. I'm sure that's probably how yours is set up. And it's used for nothing else. It's not used to pay anything out of. It's not used for any other purpose except to Put money into so you're only going to show deposits in this account, and that's going to be the basis for how you run your business because that is the money that you have available. Now, the old traditional way is oh, look, I have a thousand dollars available, I can go spend a thousand dollars, and you and, and it's just like everything else, you'll go to the 7 Eleven and get stuff you don't need, you'll go. You'll go, uh, oh, look at that shiny object. I'll go buy that. And I'm guilty of that. I do that all the time. And that's why I love when you presented this in our mastermind meeting. I've thought about it. I had read the book in the past. I had just never got to the point where I felt I had enough revenue of any measure or consistency to have to worry about a process, right? And now I look at it to say, well, especially if you don't have a lot of revenue and especially if you don't really have a lot going on yet to have this structure in place now is really key because every penny every dollar you get is going to be intentionally allocated and spent and yes. that's key so the income account now before I do anything and I haven't actually been through a cycle yet it is the 10th of the month and I'll probably do this tomorrow with a little bit of money I do have in there at this point you distribute this out to your other accounts so first fruits you have three things. I have three things that are first fruits that come off the top. Number one, I have 10% for giving, right? I have a 10%. I just call it giving is what I call it. You call yours uh, charity, charity. Yep. I have 10% for profit, right? I have 10% for profit and I have 20% for owner's pay man, you're right. expensive. What did you put for your owner's pay?
1: <laughs> I put 10% in there. Ten? I oh. just pulled that number out of yeah, my back. Yeah. So did I. I so I, did I make it bigger over
0: time. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I have $204 and 40 cents in my income account. So that owner's pay is not going to be that significant right now. So, um, uh, but, but it's really about exercising the muscle. It's exercising yeah, the muscle putting the discipline in place, putting the the repetitiveness in place. So when those numbers get zeros on them, now there's a discipline in place. I I have a measure and I'm not trying to figure this out. So income comes in. I distribute that out twice a month on the 10th and 25th. As you indicated, 10% goes to profit. Guess what? That $5,000 you make at the end of the year that that your accountant says you made, that there's no money in your account. Well, this ensures that you have at least 10% that's real money in your account and available to you. My next one is owner's pay. I put 20% in. Uh, giving is 10%. Taxes, I went 15, not 25. And, and the way I came up with 15 is I just guessed. I just came up with 15. But I also, I looked at Mike McCallowitz's recommendation based on revenue, and it was 15 And I also looked at my last couple of years of taxes that I've just done. And my effective tax rate is somewhere between 15 and 18 percent after my deductions and all the the stuff. So um, I said, okay, that's a good place. Uh, And then my operating expense is 45. I think you're at 45 also, right? I am. Yeah.
1: So and and then we're we're about the same. We are very similar. And and for me, I mean, at the moment, it's 25 percent in taxes and that's just me being conservative and safe. I certainly hope over time I can, you know, when I do taxes pretty soon that I'll realize, oh, I can bring that down. And when I bring that down, well, then that means I'm going to shift that percentage off to something else. And, and like you, I may yeah. put it into uh, owner's compensation yeah. or put it back into profit. Or or if I see that I am tight with my operating expenses, well, then I can put it back into operating expenses. Yeah. But to your point, it's that exercising the muscle of distributing these funds before they escape into operating expenses, right? And you know, you made a point that was, I think, is very relevant. And I mentioned earlier about I think it's really important to start this kind of financial model as early in your business as possible. Uh, one, just because I think it it's an easy way to safely identify for all those people that aren't business people. It's it's easy to identify if my business is healthy or not just by looking at this collection of accounts. But number two, it's exercising these muscles, this discipline with small numbers. That's so much easier to do when you have small numbers and you start moving these $20 here and $40 there. That's easier to do than, you know, if your business is five years old. And and, and as you mentioned, these numbers have a lot of zeros on them. And now suddenly I'm supposed to put that big number into a giving account. Ugh, you know, I yeah. don't know if I want to do that or not. But if I've already, you know, built up that muscle, built up that discipline, then as these numbers grow... You, you still operate in this same manner and it just kind of happens, you know, muscle memory at that point.
0: Yeah, that's a perfect example for giving, for example. And and whatever charity or whatever you choose to do is fine. But if you put 10% in giving and, and like, like for me, I have $204.40 in my income account as of this moment and that's 20 bucks, right? So right. 20 bucks, it, you know, okay, not a big deal. That'll accumulate, not a big deal. But if I all of a sudden get $10,000 in and I got to do a distribution to these accounts, and I got to do two, $2,000, uh, you know, beautiful. that feels different. It just feels it different. Does. Right. Totally um, agree. yeah. And I was watching a clip from dumb and dumber recently, and, uh, it was a clip where Harry and Lloyd, uh, uh, whichever character Jim Carrey is, uh, the other one gave him, he told him, he said, this is the, all of our money. Go to the store and buy the essentials, go to the store and buy the essentials. So, uh, Harry. No, it's Lloyd. Lloyd goes to the store to buy the very essentials with the very last bit of money that they have. And then the next scene is him walking down the sidewalk with a box with like ping pong paddles and a big Texan hat and swirly things and all these gizmos and gadgets and all. It it was just funny. And it just makes me think about this. You, You have otherwise, if you're not intentional like this what you risk is money going into one account. Uh, Everything comes in, everything goes out of that one account. And it's the equivalent of Jim Carrey buying all this stuff, but you're doing it with tools and courses and apps and things that feel good and make you happy in the moment, but don't necessarily serve your business well. And that's the key here, so, what I would like to do, Michael is, can you walk us through what happens at the end of every quarter? because I know you yeah. walked us through that before in our mastermind
1: yeah, so so you know the goal here is to to get discipline to to get these um, uh, these funds distributed out to these multiple accounts and just and just be disciplined about that because that's the wise way to manage your money as it comes in. But the beauty also is. You can then easily turn your your business into a profit-sharing business. Now, you can choose not to be a profit-sharing business, or you could be a profit-sharing business. Um, That's up to you. But, you know, you and I both talked about that, that owner compensation account. Well, I do this on a monthly basis where I empty that account out. And I put it into my own personal account. So I've just paid myself, if you will, right? So that's what I'm doing with that owner's compensation account. I'm sure you're doing the same thing. And again, I'm paying myself and that just indicates a healthy business if I can pay myself, even if it's just a small amount. I don't know if you're a fan, but I'm a fan of Shark Tank, the show Shark Tank. And I love that show. And I watch all the times these these entrepreneurs, these small business people, they come in and they pitch to these to these uh, investment sharks and I see it happen all the time. They'll talk about the numbers, the financial numbers, and and you can tell that the sharks are, are interested and, and you can just kind of feel an investment coming along. And then one of the sharks will say, but are you paying yourself anything? And they'll say no. And you can just see the air deflate out of the situation. Now these sharks are not all that interested because now your numbers don't make all that much sense because eventually you got to pay yourself, right? And so again, that paying yourself is just an indication of a healthy business. But anyway, at the end of every month, I empty that account out and I give it to myself. And then at the end of every quarter, you could do this in every quarter, every, you know, twice a year if you wanted, or even once a year. You go to that profit account and let's, just for easy numbers, let's say you have a $1,000 in your profit account. What you work with then is you work with 50% of that profit account. So you leave 50% in your profit account all the time. So at the end of the quarter, you're gonna leave. I said I thought we got a thousand dollars in there. So you're gonna leave five hundred dollars in the profit account. You're gonna take out of that account five hundred dollars, and now you as a business owner, you decide what you want to do with that. And if you're gonna be a profit sharing business then you share that $500 with your employees now you you may share it on a certain percentage basis you know uh, leaders get get 30% of this profit and you know owners get what at 50% of this profit you may distribute that then according to some kind of percentages but you now have $500 to share with your team members on your team. So you're sharing the profit of the business back with the workers. Now, if you're a solopreneur here, uh, the same applies. I'm sharing that profit back to myself, but uh, obviously because I'm a solopreneur, I'm getting 100% of that profit, right? So that $500 came to me. Uh, And so again, you're, you're being a profit sharing business at that point because you've set aside that profit to start with, and you then use fifty percent of that to share with your team. So that's what you can, and again, you can do that on a quarterly basis, twice a year, or an annual basis.
0: Yeah, and then the remaining fifty percent in the profit account is really like a
1: rainy day fund, right? Yeah, it's a it's a it's another indication of yep. a healthy a, a healthy um, business is because you've got cash available to you if you needed it.
0: Now, what I will say is a kind of a disclaimer here that. I'm not perfect on the profit first system. Uh, Mike McCallowitz in his book recommends that you take profit and taxes and create separate accounts in another bank that's harder to access, that's out of sight, out right. of mind and move, move uh, money each quarter over there. So it stays out of tempt. he calls it temptation, right? Keep yep. it, keep it away from the temptation of get grabbing it when something shiny passes in front of your eyes or you just feel a little pain and rather than go look for ways to make your business more efficient and cut costs through your operating expenses it's just easy to put your hands on that money so that, now i don't do that and i think you don't do that as well i yeah,
1: i don't do it that way either i have all yeah. of my accounts in one bank
0: yeah and i and i do that for I, I'm pretty disciplined that way. You know, I do have a, a big shiny object uh, disease, but I, I also buy a lot of that stuff just out of my personal income because it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it, it, I don't have to have it. It's something I just want to do and get better at. And um, if I don't have the money, I'll just buy it out of my personal income. And if, if I might treat it as an expense. I might not. It just depends. Um, so so there is that aspect. If you're not disciplined and you can't manage Uh, very easily without those temptations then that's that's another approach is to take uh, these accounts that are going to accumulate right That are going to be tempting because you're going to be putting money in but not taking money out as much uh, do that otherwise have these core five or six accounts and make sure you distribute so if you do nothing else set up five basic accounts at a bank that doesn't have minimum balance requirements or right. fees or all that stuff. And there are a number of banks out there that do that. I know you turned me on because we're both military. You turned me mm-hmm. on to Navy Federal Credit Union. And I just absolutely love the service, love uh, the conversation I had when I had an issue. I called them. They were just so great, kind of like USAA, just very customer yeah. service focused. And I did the free everyday checking, no fees, no nothing, nothing. No problem. Set the accounts up. You can give it a a, a nickname so you can manage this uh, very optically as well. Find a bank like that, a credit union, a bank like that. So you're not gonna get nickel and dime with fees. And then just set it up, set up the income, account, profit, owner's compensation, operating expenses, and taxes at a minimum, and then pick a number. Look back at what you've actually done in your business. I looked back and said, I do between $500 and $600 worth of spend and cost of the recurring expenses. So I just kind of factored that in and thought about that and put some percentages out there and said, we'll see how it goes. And you're the CEO. You're the boss. You can change it. At any point, but the fact of the matter is by doing this, setting this core base structure up, being intentional with every dollar that comes in, making sure that these first fruits get taken care of and you're rewarded for the risk you're taking by doing this business is protected, and then looking for ways to make your business run more efficiently through the operating expense bucket by cutting and and reducing costs there because I bet you there are a bunch of things there, and I have some things there that I can cut. And we talked about that in our mastermind group at the end of the year, where I kind of uh, went through my list of tools and it's quite exhausting. And I did find opportunities out there that I just forgot about. I forgot I even subscribed to that. And you can right. cut costs that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, so good there, Stephen. And and you know, that, that those two accounts that he recommends to put them in a secondary bank. and And yeah, he does that, or he recommends that just for the sake of getting it out of sight and out of mind Um, and to the point or the words that he uses and you use to, you know, get it away from temptation in terms of spending it. And, but also recognize that in your primary bank account, where your operating account is and your income account, you're going to be in those bank account systems on a regular basis, almost a daily basis, maybe. And his point is, well, if, if every day you're looking and you see that profit account and it's sitting there and it's growing and it's big, uh, it's really easy and really tempting to move some of that money up into your op, your OPEX or your operating expense account so that you can then go buy that tool or go buy that whatever or spend a bunch of money in advertising or, or something like that. It's really easy to do that when that money's sitting there in front of you every day. And that's his point is set it into a secondary bank that you're not going to be looking at those accounts every day or or, or even regularly. Um, so, you know, that once a month, maybe that once a quarter, you're going to those accounts. And so that's the reason he yeah. says, set that aside for that reason. I, I, I'm like you, I don't do it just for simplicity's sake. Um, and so what I would say to you, to use a Dave Ramsey term, if you need to take baby steps, take these baby steps. So go to your bank and like Stephen's saying, start those five accounts, all five accounts, They're all business accounts, but start them all at at the one bank that you plan to do business with primarily. And then you can take another baby step later if you need to. And and if the temptation gets to you too much, take those two accounts, profit and taxes, and then move those into a secondary bank. So just do it in baby steps like that if you need to, uh, especially if you start to fall into that temptation of moving those those. Funds back out of those accounts and into your expenses. Yep, and, and I'll,
0: I'll close up my side with this, that I have a goal this year. Not only am I super excited to have profit first in my life now and the level of intention that it's going to bring to me, I, I have a goal, personal goal, professional goal this year that I am going to, and this doesn't sound that big maybe, but to me, I'm going to make sure this business stands on its own two feet it gets supported by the expenses get supported by the sales revenue income that it produces and right. that's going to be a big win for me now what i have done is i've seeded my operating expense account with a thousand dollars just to make sure timing uh if cutting over the recurring expenses i don't run into any um uh, you, where they're trying to take money out. I don't have any money in the account. So right. I've right. seeded the account with $1,000 and I've already turned all of my revenue generators into this income account. So for me, that's AdSense, that's Monumetric Ad Network, that's mm-hmm. Stripe from the digital sales and courses and PayPal. Those are the, the four that I specifically have. All of those are now funneling into the income account and I've seeded the expense account, now I'm going to go cut over all of those recurring expenses, and I'm going to live on the business that this is. The money that comes in will be the money that I allocate myself to run the business based on these ratios. And if I run low, I'm going to have to figure out a way to cut cost, right right. And that's just yep. the that's just the name of the game, and that's what you have to do as a business owner. And that's what so many entrepreneurs, I think, including me in the past, have failed to do. And just lean on other sources of money that you have at your disposal. That's not running a business. That's funding a hobby. And that's uh, a different way to think about it. And I'll close up there and let you tie us up. But uh, that's my commitment that I'm making uh, just outwardly this year.
1: Well, yeah, and that's, that's such a wise commitment for you to be making too, Stephen, because it's so easy now to look at that OPEX account that you have and you can get an instant indication of how healthy are you operating your business right if that account is zero you're obviously not very healthy in your operating of your your uh, your business right so uh, again the the model just makes it easy for us that that aren't you know we don't have our mba we're not uh, financial um you know cfo types and and all that it just makes it easy to look at our bank accounts and know how healthy our business is is operating in. You know, and and I just think again, I think it's the wise way to handle the finances in your business. Just like I think that Dave Ramsey and his system or a system like his is the wise way to be a steward of the money that you have in your in your personal expenses, in your personal accounts, in your home, then I think this is a wise way to to handle your finances in your small business. And and again, You know, it weren't too many episodes ago, you and I, Stephen, were like, uh, you know, our problem was how do we generate revenue, period, right? How do we have any revenue whatsoever? And, And so now I'm thrilled that we have this problem, if you will, or this challenge in front of us of, well, how do we be wise stewards of the revenue that we do have coming in? And we've chosen profit first. And I think it's just a wise way to do it. So my encouragement to our audience here would be, as you no matter where you are right now maybe maybe you don't have any revenue coming into your business right now go ahead and set a, set it in your plan set it in your mind and set it in your planning that you're going to follow a financial model like profit first or something similar to it don't just don't just let revenue start coming in and and just go away in in expenses and you not have the ability to identify where it's going and how healthy your business is or maybe you're in a business already and revenue's already coming in and maybe you already have some really big numbers, but you always feel anxious about or or, or worried about, well, is my business healthy? And like the point you were making earlier, maybe you, you, know, you go to your CPA at the end of the year and they say, oh, wow, you made a thousand dollars in profit and you think, well, where, where is that money? Go ahead and move into a model like the profit first so that you can easily identify the health of your business and you'll be you'll be a wise steward of the revenue you have in your business so do that so uh, as far as the podcast be sure you head over to adventuresinonlinebusiness.com and as steven said in the show notes for this episode this will be episode number 66 in this episode uh, uh the show notes of this episode we'll put links to the book to the mike McCallowitz book uh profit first highly encourage you to get your hands on that book read it implement that into your business as well, Uh, just like Stephen and I have decided to do with us. So until uh, we speak again next week, go get after it. Go build your business.